and welcome lovely listeners you have found the dungeons dragons and disconnections podcast i am aj your dm and i am joined via remote wonderful wi-fi isn't technology grand these days i am joined by francis amari and alex without further ado i'll let the players introduce their characters Hi, I'm Frances. I play Gwendolyn, a halfling cleric who was raised by the Church of Ohina. Gwendolyn travels with her companion, Gordon the Goose. Hi, this is Omari. I play Vorian, the Wood Elf Ranger, who's a bit opportunistic, a bit cynical, and he's a nobleman too, but in title only. Hi, my name is Alex, and I play Caleb on the show. Caleb is a warlock with no memory of his past, so he has turned his life to becoming a mercenary for hire, in a way. Shout out to our social medias. We are also on Instagram at DND and Disconnections. We are also on Twitter at D Disconnections. Now, I don't know why it's different. Atamari, tell him, yo, why is this different? Everything else is DND and Disconnections, and then you go put D Disconnections. What's your problem? Tell him, I don't know. We are also, also on Patreon. You can check us out on there. We have some amazing extra content, such as jewels between D&D monsters, the most impractical spells with a practical twist, the Goblin Gazette, where our favourite, best and most amazing news reporter in all of the Halflands, yes, he is the only one, but he's still pretty goddamn good, reports on the goings-on outside of the campaign that one random npc that was mentioned what happened to him that one random horse mentioned in that field where are they now the goblin gazette finds out all these amazing scoops and you can find out if you become a citizen of the realm and if you just can't get enough of the podcast we even do behind the scenes content oh my goodness it's just too much We have after-show content that we have named Downtime, which is where the players discuss their thoughts of the episode, what went well, what could have been improved on, and things that they want to see more of or any predictions that they have for the future. I find it absolutely fascinating as a DM just listening to my players completely unravel my plot. It's wonderful. It's great. It gives me so much prep time to rewrite everything. So yeah, check us out on Patreon. We are D&D and Disconnections. 
Now, before we start every episode, we must do one thing, and that is appease the Wi-Fi gods, for they are a fickle but mighty bunch. Join us as we say our Wi-Fi chant. May your Wi-Fi be strong and signal stable. Settle down and listen, or however you're able. Keep all munching muted and disruptions at bay. Let's go hunt some demons, or be what they may. This is Dungeons, Dragons and Disconnections. The Halflands, a cluster of islands located in the middle of the Great Sea, known as the Wasted Expanse. Comprised of two main dominions, the Elven Isles, a place for elves and the magically gifted, the other, Wormrule, ruled by the Dwarven Empire. The islands deemed unhabitable by the other dominions make up the Lesser Wilds, now ruled by ogres in the north and giants in the frozen souths. For the last 300 years, the two main dominions have been at war with one another. The stubborn dwarves with a penchant for hitting things with a hammer and then later selling it to the highest bidder. And the elves, obsessed with their connection to the land itself. This mindset has allowed the dwarves to become the ruling force of Wormlord amassing great wealth from their expeditions under the earth and emerging as strong tradespeople. With their newfound riches, they built magnificent feats of construction, great stone structures that graze the very clouds themselves. Cities bathed in gold and silks that glistened in the high noon sun. The old elven king, Mirrodin, angered by the dwarves' brutish and boastful nature and what he saw as a complete desecration of the lands, pledged himself to Orm, the ancient one, the dragon said to have challenged the gods, and lived. Together, they rallied an army that burned Eastrook, the old capital, to the ground. The city crumbled to ash in bursts of magic and flame. But the dwarves did not take this attack lying down, oh no. And joined by the human race, they tore Orm from the sky. And as the dragon fell, the army retreated. Since then, magic has been condemned on the island, with only a few devoted faith factions surviving. The 
determined to stop the past from repeating itself, the Dwarven Empire imposed strict laws against magic and their users, punishable by a fate worse than death. Independent of worm rule, the elves declared their new lands the Elven Isles, a refuge for those seeking to connect with the land or running from the constraints of the now iron-fisted Dwarven rule. Their cities, interwoven with nature itself, where tree and home live in harmonious balance. A world seemingly at peace. Although the Elven Council still meets behind closed doors. This conflict and ideals led to the constant feud between Elves and Dwarves that still rages to this day. deities reside over this realm. Rubus, the scholar, an elven man in a long green robe with gold trim and small spectacles placed on his nose. Always buried in a book, he is said to favor the scholar and those who educate themselves before coming to a final decision. Dodus, the shadow. A cloaked figure that with every appearance changes form. Nobody knows the true face or voice of this god. They are said to bless those who follow in their stead. Ohina, the Defender. A large, stocky woman clad head to toe in silver armor, with a royal blue cloak wielding a glowing silver sword. She blesses those who fight for the good and the righteous. It is said in ancient scripture that the gods agreed not to interfere with the world. However, being the trickster that they are, Dodus could not contain themselves, and their influence has been leaking into the world, like poison into wine, slipping into the minds of the weak. Ohina vowed to punish Dodus, however, they managed to escape to the mortal realm, a place that Ohina cannot follow, not without breaking the very principles she holds so dear. All she can do is watch and pray as Dodus's shadow slowly engulfs the land, manifesting as horrific nightmare monstrosities that plague the night. <laughs> The dwarves believe the elves are to blame, and obviously the elves think the same of the dwarves. The ogres, on the other hand, see this as an intriguing opportunity.